You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and I am back with another, no, sorry, back with another, <laughs> back with another another superhero wow i'm back with another superhero heroine if i could talk maybe that should be my superpower today i gotta get these words out Woo. so anyway my black female superhero for today is monet saint croix and i need to give some people some shout outs because you guys brought her to my attention because i had not heard about her before let me scroll through real quick. Trying to scroll through on Twitter here because you guys hit us up at November Bear and Black Girl Nerds. So Sean Hester at Royal Wolf. Thank you. And Nardi Anuri. Hopefully I pronounced that right. I think it's, his handle is Black MKT Jesus. So and then there's Cami Ricardo Gino Raul Disco. Hopefully I'm not super, if I'm butchering this, so sorry, but I wanted to give you guys a shout out because you guys brought Monet St. Craw to my attention and it was so cool digging into her. So that being said, keep it coming. I'm going to keep, I still, I got my list going. I saw you guys shouting out on Twitter. So I got my list going. I'm ready to go. Got some more coming up for you. But as I said, today our focus is Monet. And so her whole name is Monet Yvette Clarice Maria Therese St. Craw. So cool. Good tongue twister there. She's also known as Penance. If you see her, I'm going to go with M. I'm, I've also seen M a lot in the comics and everything. So that's safe for me because, you, you know, I'm having a little, I'm struggling today with this, uh, with these pronunciations. So I'm going to go with M throughout the podcast. All right. So let's get characteristics down, features and everything. Her eyes are blue as Penance. And brown as M. Her head is red as Penance and black as M. Her aliases, as I already said, is Penance and Penny. I haven't seen Penny yet, but that's what they're um that's what Marvel's saying. By the way, she's a Marvel character. And so, and I'm also I found these a lot. Usually you, you guys know I like to go to the encyclopedia, but I had to step it up a little a little bit for M and go to Marvel Unlimited. Marvel Unlimited right now cool, has a lot of cool things going on, you know, with everybody right now dealing with COVID-19 and being at home and want to have access to these comics. So if you guys want to check that out, some cool deals there. So that's where I got a lot of her background from. And um, I can even give you her, her education, by the way, she studied at Massachusetts Academy and Dale Cortez boarding school. So yeah, got her, got her uh, education on there. Let me give you, her um, occupation is investigator. She is based in the New York area and she is five foot seven inches. Her suit, her powers are superhuman strength, superhuman strength and durability, flight and tell and um, she's telepathic. 
So um, keep all that in mind because you'll kind of see how her powers and how she likes to go around flaunting all this, all this, um, all her powers later on as I get into the comics. But I want to cut. I want to start on her story with her relatives because this is this is pretty cool, um, interesting backstory that she has. I'm gonna go with Cartier Saint Croix is her father. Her mother was deceased, un- unidentified. You know, little side eye on that. That t- you know that sometimes something happens. We have minority char- minority characters, but okay. So side eye on that one. Keep it moving. We have Mar uh, Marius Marius Saint Croix is um her brother. He also goes goes by Implate. So keep that in your mind for when we get into the comics. Claudette Saint Croix and Nicole Saint Croix are twin sisters. And so on that note, I need to go in here and tell you guys a little bit about how she came about her, her backstory based on her very interesting, uh, siblings here. So she is the the eldest child of, of a wealthy ambassador. And as I said, she's going to have, um, well, I haven't exactly said this yet, but she's known one of the descriptions for her was spoiled pompous girl. So not really how sure how I feel about that description. She is, as you as you're gonna hear me continue to talk about her, she does come across very um I think she's just very confident because she is so knowledgeable about stuff, but it could come off as arrogant. So I guess it's I guess that's sort of coming in and she kinda and the way they have it's so it's so few scenes as you know they love to do with some with these black female characters some of these black female that it's kind of like she pops in pops out so she has this kind of like oh i have arrived sort of air about her so you know it just teaches on how you kind of feel about that but anyway so her siblings her brother her brother marius is a student of dark magic and so he invites her to join this world of conquest as you do when you have two siblings with superpowers but she rejects him and Marius is not happy about this. So he decides he's going to trap her in the form of a red skin mute who is called penance. So that's where that comes from. And believing that their brother had killed him, her younger sisters, her younger twin sisters banished Marius to another dimension. Monet follows Marius, you know, to try to get, to try to get her stuff situated. So they're both out of the picture. The twins, you know, are like, oh, I don't want my dad to go through this, losing more of his, more of his children. So their brilliant idea, well, I don't know if you want to call it brilliant, but the idea they had was they were going, they became, they physically and mentally became Monet. So they merged, they merged themselves together, became Monet. And in the process of becoming Monet, they were captured by these um, techno organic alien race and you know just because as it happens and basically their you know their goal was to assimilate the mutants into their collective yada you know same old same old aliens trying to cut people collect people up you know okay so these these twins are held prisoner and they end up getting um rescued and end up joining generation x and they they're um the co-headmasters are the banshee which is sean cassidy and Emma Frost and I and I just want to pause one second on Emma Frost because I thought it was cool because there is a Frost in the DC comics world as as well her whole name is Killer Frost and she's kind of she's one of my favorite um female um heroes and villains sort of it's a whole thing 
um in the DC world. So I thought that was kind of cool that they had Emma Frost on the in the Marvel world. Any anywho, to move on from there. Meanwhile, um okay, wait, hold on. I was getting ready to get too far into my comics there while I wrote. But yeah, so basically she has these two twin sisters that end up becoming her that form pennant. So the whole thing is crazy because the comments that I'm getting ready to go into, they kind of stepped, I kind of tiptoe into it a little bit and they kind of tiptoe into it a little bit. So it's interesting to kind of figure out how this continues to, to build, how they continue to build on it. Um, I want to talk about a little bit before I get into the comics, I want to go back to who created her. Chris Batchelow, Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. He's a Canadian comic book illustrator and he's known for quirky cartoon-like style that he does with characters. And then you have um, Scott Lo- Scott Lobdale. And so both of these guys created Scott Lobdale is the, um, he's worked on numerous X-Men series in the 1990s because a lot of the stuff I'm talking about is taking place in the 90s. So M was, uh, was the uh, lady of the 90s. It's turning out to be, I'm starting to learn. So her first appearance was um, the Uncanny X-Men. And I call, and I'm a huge X-Men fan because, you know, I got my girl Storm. But I did not know. I'm learning so much. I did not know about these other little factions and hadn't digged that much into the the um, comics, the comic side of it. So this was cool for me to learn. But anyway, so she's a part of her first appearance was the Uncanny X-Men. And um, it's the issue 316. And let's see here. Okay. So basically it's another one of those things where it kind it opens up and she, she's not the way this, the way this opens up is she, she's not, she's not heavily used in this first issue. You know, the same quote, the same sort of thing that I'm kind of finding out. Um, you know, as I'm going through exploring these different characters. So Emma's riding in the car with this retire, retire, um, Colonel, um, Colonel, um, Gail Core Becker, former leader of MI6. If that, you know, just to give you a little background. So I'm, so I'm guessing because of the family that she comes from the family background M comes from, maybe this is like a security thing. This lady has gotten closer. She knows M, but basically where we meet M at in this circumstance, she's not really talking to anybody. She's a troubled teen. Something's going on. She doesn't really want to open up. So on the process of this Colonel trying to get her to, I think they're, they're on their way to, um, either either they're going back to to talk with her father but the colonel wants her to go to xavier school for gifted youngsters um to learn how to you know to find somebody that she can open up to and you know learn to become more comfortable with her powers but in the process of this happening they are they are taken by these techno the techno organic um aliens that i was telling you about they, you know, they ram into the car, overturn in the car, take her away. Boom. That's it. That's all of her and her first appearance issue. You just know that she's a troubled teen. She has these powers or has something, I guess. And that these eight, this, this race of aliens wants to try to collect up all these new mutants that they're finding about. And it's up to these original, the original X-Men like the Banshee, like Emma Frost to find these mutants before these this alien race can do whatever they got in their head their heads going. So I went from I had to keep it going. I went from three sixteen to the Uncanny X Men three seventeen, and this opens up with Monet and four other teenage mutants, and they're trapped and they're in this little prison or cell thing trapped by these aliens. 
And you basically go through this, this process of them trying to figure out what's going on. You know, they're scared, frightened. They don't really understand everything that's going on. And M is just, you go through a lot. You go through majority of it, just her sitting there, not really saying anything. Then all of a sudden, as you get towards getting towards sort of the end of this issue, she talks and homegirl don't just say like, hi, how you doing? I'm this. She just goes all into this kind of techno um, techno mumbo jumbo, just telling them all about what the suits of the aliens are made of and how she got a piece of it that she has designed into a weapon that they can get out of. And not only just a weapon to help them escape, she's also found out that there is somebody um, one of their one of the alien um species or kind whatever in there posing to be a mutant so they had somebody in there that was spying on them the whole time nobody figured it out nobody knew about her so she with her um telepathic abilities she always has this upper hand on people and people are always trying to figure out as you go through and read some of these issues how she knows like she always two steps ahead she always knows everything you know like if she's a person you're going to to find out about you know, so-and-so and powers and what he's doing today or something. So I just love the way she was dropping just all the knowledge and ends up helping them, ends up helping them get, helping them escape. And so then, you know, that's when they run into um, Sean Cassidy and Emma Frost. And that whole thing starts. Um, also, I want to go, I kept going, I kept it going because I would, like I said, I was just fascinated and they just kept giving like little nuggets of M, little nuggets here and there. So I made my way to um, the Uncanny X-Men 318 next. And this one I thought was cool because it started with um, Scott and Gene Summers and how they returned to, they returned to the, um, to the mutant school and they were talking about, you know, their relationship. They have a son from the future, which sounds like a cool story in itself. So I just wanted to start and read at that part, but that was the majority of what was, what was taking place in that issue. And so M's, um, or Monet's small part in there was, um, her and the new and the next generation, Generation X of mutants are just out shopping, you know, having a good time, trying to get out and everything. And she just drops all the money paying for everything. So I just I just like so far, I do like this kind of ball. She's independent. She she doesn't need any help from anybody. She kind of takes care of everything and just wants to get it done. Like she's three steps ahead of you, which I think that's a cool quality to kind of see, you know, to see on the bricks, the big screen or to have more front and center for for minority women to look at. I mean, you know, it's always the more we can have that always the better. So that is, so yeah, definitely check out the uncanny X-Men, um, three sixteen, three seventeen, three eighteen, And again, her first appearance was three sixteen. So check those out. So next I kept it going and I went on, I was just keeping it going for you guys because usually I'm doing one, you know, you know, like one issue and then taking you guys to television and movie, but actually M does not have a lot of, there's what, there's a movie I'm going to talk about, but there, I didn't find any TV stuff. So yeah, if you guys, you guys know, I like to give the details, get the details. If any of you guys have any, um, knowledge or information you want to drop to me about that so I can check it out. Cause I would love to know, but yeah, I couldn't find any. And so um, let's move to the Generation X issues, comic book issues. I went through issue one. So this opens up with basically 
girls, three three um female teenage mutants just giving each other a hard time as they're at this um as they're at Xavier's um school for gifted gifted children. Just trying to, you know, kind of playing off each other, just trying to get to know each other. Um, you have so you have Paige Gunthery, who who I, I'm I'm also finding um this is a character I need to explore more, but I know she has this thing where she can shed her skin, which is just is very it's crazy. Like she can get injured and everything too, and just shed the skin. And it's like, oh, I'm I'm all new, I'm all good. Also, I feel like I you know, the less I see of it also, it's better because it's just a little weird to me, but that's just me. Then you have this other teenage female called Jubilation Lee, Jubilation Lee. And this is, her powers are just cool. Like I just got to know, but basically the way I know to sum up her powers is it's like having the powers to create fireworks is basically how I know how to sum up her powers and the way they just, they literally have her stuff explode. You know, when she, when she's in this movie, I'm going to talk about later. So we have the, we have, um, so basically we start with Paige and Jubilation first, just kind of out in the, in the yard, kind of giving each other a hard time. Paige just came back from a run and was sweaty or whatever. And so sheds her skin before they get ready to go to class. And while they're sitting there talking, giving each other a hard time, M just drops in. I'm thinking she was on a tree and dropped in from the tree because she she has this thing where since she has that strength and can fly and everything, she'll just be doing whatever. I guess she's I, I maybe it's a, a sense of training or she just likes to get familiar with stuff and keep up, keep on edge. But yeah, she drops down. I'm thinking from a tree, but literally drops down, flies down, whatever in the center of them. And they're like, okay so she's here because so she kind of rubs people the wrong way like that where she kind of pop on the scene and she's like oh i've arrived i'm here everybody get ready you know she there it's kind of the first day of them kind of all getting comfortable so you'll see like a truck comes in and brings like a ton of stuff that she needs help moving in like she tried to get one of the um one of the headmasters i think it's sean cassidy to kind of help her move all her stuff in so she does have this kind of like okay rich girl i got all this i got all these all this um money you know i got everything laid out for me i'm this perfect kind of attitude so you know i i can see her people going both ways on her character but i i don't know i kind of i liked her style i like that she was always steps ahead of everybody which i appreciated and the fact that she can quickly it's like she could quickly do all these different kind of calculations in her head to kind of get people out of the situations you know as much as she could as much as her powers would allow so basically we go through this issue as I've kind of touched on before them taking classes, learning how to do stuff. Everything is just kind of very easy for M where it, like it just comes for, comes to her. And so the, her class, um, basically since they're young, they're, they're, there's these young mutants. Anytime they're going anywhere, they're kind of traveling in a group. And you know, one of the headmasters is kind of with them to keep them under control. So the mutants leave majority of or so i say most of the majority of the teenage mutants leave and she's kind of on campus by herself just she says she wants to hang back kind of learn explore whatever and she ends up coming up on this um this guy that can teleport people places and they call him gateway that's all you get is that they just they just use gateway he's called gateway and so you'll figure out why that comes into play in just a minute but anyway so you have why you have m still on uh still on the campus all the rest of the mutants end up there they end up getting faced with her brother emu M- plate which is 
they end up kind of in this battle with him and she, but nobody knows, or she doesn't know she's related to him yet. I'm, I can see this now going back, you know, after doing all the, the beginning background research, but basically in plate comes on the scene. He's this dude, this bad dude with this trickery, magic, evil, you know, trying to kill people, um, you know, consume, consume the powers and everything, drain the powers and everything. So he's pretty, you know, he steps on the, on the scene, pretty gangster. And so she ends up, M ends up getting teleported by gateway to the area. I think, I believe they're at an airport and she ends up, so she ends up getting teleported to the airport and she's going to try to intervene, but none of this, none of this stuff is really kind of helping because this in plate is just way too powerful for the situation that's going on. So it ends up being a thing where Emma Frost and Cassidy kind of step in to kind of make sure, you know, the teenage mutants are okay. Everything's good. And everybody just kind of goes their separate ways. Like in plate disappears. They kind of go their separate ways. You know, after he's kind of had his fun, do what he's going to do, you know, he ends up, you know, hopping out of the whatever. I think he becomes a little bit drained or whatever, you know, and kind of hops out of the scene. So we get back to the, the, to the boarding school, to Xavier's school. And all of a sudden you have this scene where Emma Frost and Sean Cassidy are standing outside um, on like, they're standing on a, one of the yards, one of the courtyards or whatever at um, Xavier and you have the guy gateway sitting on the grass and then you have M just passed out late on the ground. And she's kind of, ha- she has these wrappings on her, almost like, like a mummy almost. And you can see her face and she's kind of grabbing her stomach. And it, you know, just, you could just tell something evil and horrible looks like maybe she's possessed. She's kind of knocked down on the ground, just laying there. And that's how they end. And it just says something like, uh, get ready to find out about penance or something like that at the, you know, at the bottom of the comic book issue to lead into the other ones. This one that I think I download, which again, you know, shout out to Amazon Kindle. Cause that is how I'm getting all of these comics so easily. Um, which I was not aware of before because I was trying to go through other routes and it was just so hard for me to dig up some of these, um, some of these superheroes. So yeah, so I'm, I'm on the, I'm downloading on the Kindle, but yeah, I downloaded generation X issues one through five i think is what i have so far but yeah go through i would definitely recommend just going through because the, there are so many um you know definitely to show m some love and support but there are definitely some more cool generation x mutants that i didn't know about that i thought was really cool so keep reading that keep going through those issues okay so i kind of want to as we're kind of closing up i kind of want to bring us to the end talking about this movie generation x and this came out in 1995. I was probably about five. So the special effects and some of the stuff in this movie kind of blew me away, like had my mouth open. It was still, I think just because of the time period, it's just, it's, you could go either two ways. Either you could say it's really lame, just whack, or you're just fascinated by what they were able to do at that time period and how far these superhero movies and how much, you know, you think about a Marvel movie now, just like, you know, just compared to like, we're like, we're looking at D list for this movie. You know what I mean? Just all the effects and, and editing and everything that you can put into a Marvel movie now. So it was just, it was just amazing um, to see what, and then the fact that this was still by Fox, this, um, you know, the whole 21st century thing, the Fox thing that's going on with the, having the X-Men having their, their um, roots go deep with having control over these x-men characters so if if marvel disney if they ever get this stuff back i'll be really curious to see what what um routes they take or what happens with that but anyway so um by the way i found this on youtube for free i was trying to find it other places couldn't find it if somebody has a vhs copy definitely take a picture of that let me know because i'm just curious of what the cover and all that kind of stuff looked out looked like but yeah 
So I found it uh, split up in three parts on YouTube if you want to check it out. So it starts with, it starts showing two um two different kind of mutants or a couple of mutants one is named skin and one is jubilation lee and it's kind of showing these they kind of focus a lot on these two characters and kind of showing their struggle of having to leave their families because there is a so basically in this in this world or at this at this time period for mutants, if you're arrested and detained and you're not registered, you're sent to these mutant camps. And God knows what's happening at these mutant camps. Um, you know, the kind of secret government kind of hideaway sort of thing. If you're not, you know, as people are discovering that when you hit puberty, puberty, this mutant gene starts to show. So as this happened to these kids, it's showing how they're having to be pulled away from their families. The parents are confused, don't really know what's going on. So that's kind of how everything opens up. And of course, we don't get any of this backstory, which I'm very, I'm kind of disappointed. Maybe if they would have had a second one, they would have did it. But we really don't get any of this backstory on M. And like I said, it's just kind of, it's following these two characters, two mutants. One is named Skin, one is Jubilation Lee. And so, and by the way, speaking of the effects I was telling you about, there, when Jubilation Lee, when we first get introduced to her, she's in an arcade playing a video game. And the crazy villain they had, um, I just, I remember him being called Russell, but he was just like this weird sort of scientist ju- um, that's using his genius for evil and wants to be able to hop into people's dreams or, um, you know, to be able to basically he wants to take my control to a whole other level. And so and he realizes that it'll be it'll be easier or it advances his cause more to have a mutant brain. So that's where his, and by the way, this dude is super creepy, super sketch. Um, also, I didn't really like his, a lot of his sayings I felt were super racist, not like they were dropping the N word or whatever, but he would just, you know, because the skin is a, um, is from what I, I'm taking, it was a Hispanic character and you would have him just kind of come up. I don't know. It's just like, you kind of watch it, you know, let me know, judge it for yourself. But it was just kind of weird lingo. Plus, he was just just super just creepy. It was like Joker. Um, uh, what are some of those? Like Riddler. Sort of, it's just very weird how the guy, like the guy just looked like something is missing. So it's very sketch. So yeah, they have a, I guess they did a good job on this villain casting in because he made me, you know, he was creeping me out. So, um, so anyway, we have this real creepy dude that pops in on, uh, Jubilation Lee as she's playing argue, like pops literally in the middle of the game, how they make the effect look like he pops up on one of those, you know, those big, we have those big arcade, um, uh, game places where people go, um, you know, before you have like your little compact Nintendo switches and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, he pops up and all of a sudden her powers could be explained. Like if she, if she was just playing a video game, all of a sudden somebody just stuck like some sparklers in her hands is basically how the effects looked or how her, how her powers took shape in this film or how they use the effects to do that. So, um, I thought that was super crazy. And it was just like little, little like flashes of blast of lights. Like the way they did effects was crazy. Just to think about how they probably had to come up with this stuff back in the day to do all that. Um, so that was Jubil that's Jubilation Lee um intro. So yeah, basically that is the intro. We get to see them take some classes. Um, she's when M does appear, it's basically when Jubilation Lee gets to the Xavier School for Gifted Children, M is already there, and M is basically trying to 
is basically coaching her on everybody's power what this person does what that person does so she's the person you go to if you like i said if you want to know what everybody else everybody else got going on she'll give you the scoop she'll give you the story and she kind of she she kind of rubs jubilation g the wrong way like i said m can have that effect the semen for her character because she's very self-aware and she's very confident in her powers and knows exactly she you know it seems like she can really analyze and figure out everything very quickly and process it quickly and she just knows exactly where she wants to be what's what's going on what's happening so it's kind of like she just arrives and she's like oh i'm here i miss perfect so that's the kind of energy she gave off throughout the movie and sadly to say there's it's that's not really an a lot like you get to see her acting interacting with other other mutants but her story isn't really built out as much as it should be as you know we're still continuing to deal with that wanting these you know wanting more of this full story for these black female characters when they appear in movies when they appear on tv shows so that's pretty much how that went um but you know overall if you want to check it out the movie like i said just generation x thing is cool for me i hadn't even I, I feel like I've heard it just going through some things, but loving it, loving that it was different for me, a whole new side for me as far as X-Men to kind of explore. So if you're curious, I definitely suggest watching that movie. Like I said, just for the effects alone to see how far it has come was super interesting to me. And some of the powers that people had was dope. The X-Men costumes were like this kind of almost kind of gimmicky, like reddish sort of leather. And the X, the X emblem was like, it like lit up. And I feel like at the time it lit up and like kind of shined. It's like, it, it, it's like if you had one of those, like, you know, like the light up shoes they had back in the day or like a um the way the emblem the x-men emblem lit up with like a light was kind of cheesy but cool at the same time. Like I feel like they, for the era they were trying to be in, it was cool. So to kind of see some of those uniforms and so definitely check that out. A lot of cool, a lot of cool stuff that'll probably take you back to those, to that nineties era. Um, but yeah. And so I want to tell you, let me tell you the actress, cause I don't really have a lot of TV shows and everything to list out, but Amaryllis, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. She plays um, Monet in this um, series. She made her, t- she made her, um, the actress in general made her debut on a TV series called Sweet Valley High. So if you've heard of that, we're a fan of that. That's where she got her start from. So you might recognize her from that. But yeah, I thought she did a she did a great job. And it was kind of cool seeing her. They did have this, I did forget to mention, they did kind of have this fun scene where they all went to the fair. Just because, you know, teenage mutants want to get out. They've been kind of cooped up, you know, so they don't use the powers to hurt anybody. So when they got a chance, to, well, actually, they snuck out. Let me be real. So when they snuck out, went to this fair, she was kind of the, she was kind of the, the, you know, the party started when she got there because there was these, which I thought was very interesting, these group of like white, um, white, um, white guy gangsters kind of rolled up or they kind of had this biker boy, biker motorcycle gang kind of vibe. And they were basically following her from, um, from game to game in the fair because she was so good. You know, she has a lot of strength so she could, you know, hit the, um, I forgot where it's like the mallet. You hit the little thing and the, um, the ball goes up, goes up to the top and you get whatever prize. Usually people don't reach the top, but she was just like knocking all the games out, killing it. And they was kind of just like following her around just amazed. And they all had these teddy bears. Um, so you have these like gangster kind of guys walking around with these teddy bears that, that, that this girl that they would think is just helpless and innocent, you know, doesn't really know what's going on um you know as is winning all these prizes and stuff for them so that was i will say that was kind of a cute cool scene 
like I said, wish they had more of M in it, but definitely check it out. Hopefully we get more at, you know, if they figure out the deals with Marvel and Disney and X-Men and everything, maybe they'll go back to some of that stuff and we'll get some more TV stuff for her or something. You know, even if it's something animated or whatever, we'll get some more stuff. So that was cool. Again, thank you guys for help for helping me get to explore Monet, um, Monet St. Croix a little bit. Let me get it right. So, um, but yeah. So, like I said, keep letting me know. Keep letting BGN know on Twitter. Um, my Twitter is at November Bear. And um, you guys stay safe. And I will see you back for the next one. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.